ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮ ಸರಸ್ವತಿಯ ನಮಃ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮಃ ಸರಸ್ವತಿಯ ನಮಃ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸ್ನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ರವಿರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ the last episode ended with many questions if self is one and the same in all then how can there be different karma for different individuals if the self is the same in all then should not the defect of one affect another also if one person realizes the self then everyone should realize at the same time is it not but it is not the case bhavan how do you explain all this bhavan responds ಸೆಗ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಕವರಿಂಗ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ತರ್ಟಿ ಒನ್ ಟು ತರ್ಟಿ ಫೋರ್ ಅನಾದಿತ್ವಾನ್ ನಿರ್ಗುಣತ್ವಾತ್ ಪರಮಾತ್ಮಾಂ ಅವ್ಯಯ ಶರೀರಸ್ಥೋಪಿ ಕೌಂತೇಯ ನ ಕರೋತಿ ನ ಲಿಪ್ಯತೆ ಆದಿ ಇಲ್ಲದಾಲ್ ಗುಣಂಗಲ್ ಇಲ್ಲದಾಲ್ ಇಂದ ಪರಮಾತ್ಮ ಅಳಿವಟ್ರದು ಉಡಲಿಲ್ ವಸಿತಾಲೂ ಕೌಂತೇಯ ಸಯಲ್ ಸೈವದಿಲ್ಲೈ ಕರೈ ಪಡಿವುದಿಲ್ಲೈ ಓ ಕೌಂತೇಯ being beginningless and devoid of qualities the imperishable paramatma though dwelling in the body neither acts nor is tainted the brahman of the previous verse is now referred to as paramatma anadi beginningless in previous chapters we have seen that the supreme paramatma brahman has no beginning since it is the cause of all causes it is the mother father and grandfather it is just existence and sat existence can never become asat non existence time itself is a consequence of creation and as the creator paramatma is beyond time say in your dream you are showing off the latest watch you bought it shows the time as 3 pm and there is bright sunlight in the dream you suddenly wake up and see it is pitch dark and night it is 2 am waking state time but the consciousness which is a witness to both the dreamer and the waker is neither at 3 pm nor at 2 am it is beyond time nirguna is devoid of qualities the things that manifest from prakriti possesses the three gunas and are perishable whereas the self which is beyond the prakriti does not have any quality if it has qualities then it will also change qualities are for substances and not for consciousness avyaya is imperishable anything that has a cause will perish at some point of time anything which has quality perishes when it loses the qualities anything that has a beginning has an end paramatma is devoid of any quality and is causeless hence it is imperishable na karoti it does not act 
Paramatma though has no beginning and no end and has no quality associated with it, it is dwelling within our body as Atma. Atma does no action in spite of being in the body. At the same time, without Atma, no action takes place. Na lipyate, not tainted. Atma is not an experiencer. It is just a witness. It is not affected by actions as well as by the result of actions. Since Paramatma never acts, he is never tainted by Jivatma's actions. There is no karma for Paramatma. Birth and death, joys and sorrows, honor and dishonor does not affect him. There is no sin associated with him. He is not affected by the result of the actions of the doer. Hence, he is abhokta, non-enjoyer. All qualities belong to the Prakriti only, not to the Purusha, not to Paramatma. On the other hand, the body has a beginning called birth. The birth is due to the past karmas. Because Jivatma has birth, it has death. Between birth and death, it exhausts some vasanas and picks up some new ones. If Atma is not doer, then who acts? Who or where is this Jivatma? Is it different from Atma? Doership belongs to the mind plus intellect plus memory plus ego. Together they are called Antakkarana. Mind or buddhi endowed with consciousness says it is the doer. Jnanendriyas, Karmendriyas and mind act. By ignorance, we associate doership as well as the enjoyer and sufferer status to Atma, which is just a witness. Karma as action as well as karma as our past vasanas is not for Atma. All defects are at the body-mind level and they all belong to the Prakriti and not to Purusha, also known as Atma, also known as Paramatma. The karma, the joys and sufferings are all to the Jivatma, the clown that has identified itself with the body and mind. Bhagavan, how is all this possible? All these look like magic. Can you explain with an example that we can actually relate to? Yata sarvagatam sauksmyadam akasham no palipyatem sarvatra vastito dehem tadatma no palipyatem Yengum paraviyulla nunniyadal agayam karai padivadillai pol Yengum udalil amarandirukkum atma karai padivadillai As the all-pervading space is not tainted because of its subtlety, so too the self seated everywhere in the body is not tainted. Greater the subtlety, greater the pervasiveness. Thought is subtle, space is subtler. Atma is subtlest. Space is formless and subtler than everything in creation. Therefore, pervades all and accommodates everything. Everything resides in space. Yet, the space is not affected, not contaminated by them. A fire burns in space, but it does not burn the space. A water fountain is ejecting so much water into space. When the fountain stops, the space is not wet. A hurricane passes through and destroys things on its path, but the space in which the hurricane goes through is not destroyed. In the same way, Atma exists in all bodies, but does not take the characteristics of the bodies. Though it exists in the body, it is not touched by the body, mind, intellect, senses, thoughts. It is not touched by the growth and decay of the body, mind, intellect. The Atma remains ever uncontaminated. This is possible because of its subtlety. Atma is not a grossified object. 
In chapter 2, we have seen this as it cannot be cut, it cannot be dried, it cannot be burnt, it cannot be wet. That is, the self cannot be tainted by the four elements, earth, fire, space and water. Now, the one element left out space is used to explain how Atma is not tainted. There is space inside and outside an empty pot. Moving that pot from place A to place B does not move space A to space B. The pot leaves behind the empty space A unaffected and takes another place. Wherever the pot is, it is still in space. For those who did not follow the above analogy, Bhagavan gives another one. Just as the one sun illumines the whole world, so also the one residing inside the Kshetram illumines the whole field. Light and heat are the qualities of the sun. Here the focus is on the illumination aspect of the sun. There is only one sun that is illuminating our world and that sun does not illuminate the world of objects expecting something in return. It is also not affected by any of these objects that are illumined. It also does not differentiate between good and bad, rich and poor, healthy and sick, ugly and beautiful, etc. Recall, in chapter 3 it was explained how the sun without expecting anything in return heats up the ocean water and helps produce rain. Wherever the sunlight falls on an object, it gets illuminated with no discrimination. In the same way, the one Shetrajna, called here as Shetri, illumines the whole body, mind and intellect, all objects around it, irrespective of whether you are good or bad, rich or poor, healthy or sick, ugly or beautiful. It never expects anything in return, nor gets contaminated by them. Consciousness is the nature of awareness. Consciousness functions through the equipment of body, mind, intellect and illumines them, but is not contaminated by the crimes of the body, virtues and sins of the mind. It only illumines. The reflection of the sun in various reflecting media appears to be different depending on the media, but it is the one and only sun that is reflecting in all mediums. Similarly, the pure consciousness, the pure I am is the same in all and remaining as one, it illumines all the bodies. The sun gives energy for all living beings. In the same way, the Atma, the consciousness gives life energy for all parts of the body. In the empty space between the sun and the earth, the light cannot be seen. When there is an object, then that light becomes visible. Light is not an integral part of the object, not limited by the size of the object. It is independent and pervades the whole object. It extends beyond the object. Similarly, the pure consciousness, the pure Brahman, that is beyond all names and forms, beyond all qualities and descriptions, is not visible. When it falls on the body, it is seen as Atma, I am. It lights up the thought, I am. When we focus our attention on that I am and drop all our identification with the body, then we experience ourselves as the formless, nameless, pure light of consciousness. In these two verses, Bhagavan compared Atma, the Shetrajna, to light and space. Though consciousness cannot be compared with anything, in scriptures it is often compared with light and space. It is like space, but not space. It is like light that brightens a place, but is not light. Both light and space are not directly visible to our senses. 
we see only light reflected on objects and showing the objects but not the light itself. In the same way, pure consciousness is not something that is visible to the senses but through senses experiences this world. Hmm. What is the use of knowing all this in our life? The final concluding verse of this chapter. Shetra Shetragnyor Evam Antaramyana Chakshusham Bhuta Prakitir Moksham Cha Yevuduryanti Te Param Kalam Kalamaribhavan Pagubadi Ivara Jnana Kanal Uyir Prakriti Lirindh Moksham Ever Arivar Selvar Avarhal Param. Those who with their eye of knowledge come to know the distinction between the Shetra and Shetragnyam and of the liberation from the Prakriti of the being go to the Supreme. Whoever it may be, man, woman, LGBTQ+, young, old, rich, poor, healthy, sick, Indian, non-Indian, Hindu, non-Hindu, it doesn't matter. As long as they understand that the world is made up of the 24 elements as explained in the earlier part of this chapter and the one residing within the body and giving life are completely two different and independent entities and the body perishes but not the indweller life element, they will reach the supreme. Shetra is the objects of the world and the Shetragnya is the one that recognizes the objects of the world. Our body-mind intellect is included in these objects of the world. It is not enough just to know the technical difference, but also must know how beings can get liberated from the Prakriti. Knowing the difference, one should work towards removing the ignorance about our own true nature and attain moksha. What do you need for that? Jnana Chakshusha Eye of Knowledge The eyes we have are made of Prakriti matter. It is subject to diseases like cataract, short sight, long sight, etc. Mind is also prakriti and has ignorance. Like Arjuna who got the divine eyes to see the cosmic form, we need special eyes, the eye of knowledge to get the facts straight. See the world and its interaction through the eye of knowledge taught in Upanishad and Bhagavad Gita. Through this knowledge, understand the difference between Shetra and Shetragnya between Atma and Anatma. Through this knowledge, understand that Atma, Shetranya, Neyam, Purusha, Paramatma, Brahman all refer to one and the same pure consciousness. Those who live a life like that, they do not take birth again. They go to their spiritual home instead of their material home. With that, this chapter comes to an end. Next is Chapter Appreciation. Appreciation 1. Sankhya Karika India's philosophical thoughts are classified into nine darshans. Darshan means seeing. It is how one looks at creation and the creator. Six out of these nine darshans are called Astika darshans and three are called Nastika darshans. The Astika darshans accept Vedas fully or partially and Nastika darshans do not. The six Astika darshans are Nyaya, Vaisheshika, Sankhya, Yoga, Purva Mimamsa and Uttara Mimamsa. The three Nastika Darshans are Buddhism, Jainism and Charvaka. Among these, besides Vedanta, Sankhya Darshan has a very significant influence in Indian thoughts. The Sankhya Darshan discusses 25 Tattvas, Truth. 
the tattvas about creation mentioned in the current chapter 13 is rooted in sankhya knowledge given by sage kapila to his mother recall in chapter 10 bhagwan himself says that he is kapila muni kapila also taught this to his disciple asuri who taught it to panchashika based on panchashika's text ishwara krishna gave sankhya karika there are many commentaries on this karika but we come to know about this karika through a chinese translation of the same text let us see what this karika has to say about sankhya knowledge it starts off with the statement that the sufferings are of threefold nature and there is a desire to be free of them normal remedies like medicine physical exercises and performing vedic rituals will not solve these sufferings forever a special remedy is needed for removal of these three types of sufferings and it is the sankhya knowledge about purusha and prakriti this is knowing who you really are and who you are not at the highest level purusha is the principle of being and pradana also known as moola prakriti is the principle of becoming they are independent and eternal the nature of purusha is a witness non doer prakriti is movement and has three essential states sattva rajas and tamas they keep undergoing changes all the time in the pralaya state of no creation the three are in equilibrium now to this stable state a disturbance is created by rajas it is said that the disturbance occurs due to the proximity of purusha with prakriti due to this disturbance the prakriti evolves into buddhi intelligence sankhya says this intelligence through cause and effect theory proves moola prakriti the word rajas is derived from its root ranj which stands for to be transformed or moved it imparts the mobility thrust for the other two gunas sattva and tamas to manifest themselves rajoguna is the fuel for all motion change and transformation taking place within the universe next the buddhi is transformed into ahankara all these changes are still at a subtle level the sattvic and tamasic movement in ahankara came by the force of rajas rajoguna by itself does not contribute directly to creation rajoguna gives the momentum propulsion for change closer to purusha the more subtle it is farther from purusha more grossified it is buddhi is closest and is the subtlest because of its closeness to purusha buddhi appears as though it itself is purusha the consciousness the changes continues and ahankara gives rise to two aspects the tamas aspect of ahankara gives rise to the five tanmatras the five subtle elements sound touch form taste and smell this evolves into the five gross elements space air fire water and earth in parallel the sattva aspect of ahankara gives rise to the jnanendriyas and karmendriyas and mind in total there are 13 instruments the three internal ones are called antakarana the 10 external instruments operate in the present time and the three internal ones operate in present past and future the karika continues to explain the functions of these instruments and how the world is recognized by four instruments three internal and one external working together 
let us go back to the buddhi buddhi has two functions one to help purusha experience the world and two to get liberated from the world there are three types of bodies subtle body gross body subtle element body the subtle element body is made up of the five tanmatras and this body helps the subtle body to transmigrate with the 13 instruments buddhi has eight bhavas or tendencies it has four positive tendencies dharma jnana vairagya and aishwaryam and its opposite four negative tendencies sattva rajas and tamas act on these eight bhavas in different proportions this leads to 50 modifications namely five types of viparyaya ignorance 28 types of ashakti defects nine types of tushti contentment comprising four internal and five external contentment and finally eight types of siddhi powers the five types of ignorance namely tamas moha mahamoha tamisra and antatamisra are further divided into 62 types this evolution creates three types of worlds predominant with sattva rajas and tamas namely divine humans and lower forms prakriti is unselfish and magnanimous prakriti is like a dancer and when the dance ends purusha is liberated the thing which is actually bound is prakriti and not purusha out of the eight bhavas mentioned earlier seven bhavas bind the prakriti and jnana helps to liberate it the liberated purusha continues to live in the body experiencing the already started prarabdha karma and attains moksha when the physical body dies this is sankhya karika in short in sankhya theory there are multiple purushas there is no mention of ishvara or any god this darshan maintains that it is not possible to prove that an eternal self caused god exists with the ordinary means of proof namely perception inference and testimony and there is no other correct knowledge to know about it at the same time this darshan believes that as philosophy taking the existence of god as non proven does not automatically mean that this doctrine is atheistic in that sense it is not a nastika darshan coming back to bhagavad gita who or what is ishwara that has been mentioned a few times appreciation to ishwara tattva ishwara is brahman plus maya in other words ishwara is purusha plus prakriti the supreme brahman functioning through the avyakta prakriti at the cosmic level is called ishwara the same brahman functioning through a subtle body at the individual level is called jivatma when that ishwara functions as a creator he is called brahma the upanishad term is hiranyagarbha and the puranic term is lord brahma that is brahma is the i sense of ishwara it is the mahat tattva intelligence with this knowledge brahma becomes the creator when ishwara functions as sustainer or protector or nourisher he is called vishnu when that same ishwara functions as destroyer as a dissolutioner he is called shiva they are the i sense of ishwara associated with the three major functions of creation cycles ishwara is the one who gives the result of action 
at the cosmic creation level ishwara is the first i thought at the start of creation cycle it is the cause of ahankara the five subtle elements and the i rise through the it is the cause of ahankara and the five subtle elements it is like the thought i am when we wake up from deep sleep i realize that i exist every day when we wake up we may not say it out loud but we know we exist and what our powers are this rising i thought realizes that i am the ceo i am late for work i have pain in my leg i made a mistake in my design etc the unsaid i plus memory brings out all these thoughts at the cosmic level ishwara realizes that he has five powers chit ananda ichcha shakti kriya shakti and jnana shakti when ishwara strongly identifies itself as creator brahma or sustainer vishnu then they have competition and they go to ishwara who identifies himself as shiva who is always in meditation to decide who is better this is the puranic story now you can look at that story with the knowledge talked about in this chapter we have seen creation as explained by sankhya darshan of kapila muni next we will see the description of creation through a beautiful story it is how creation is explained in in kashmiri shaivisa that we will see in the next episode until that time this is raviranganathan bidding goodbye ओ oh.